Two friends taking pictures of the rising full moon on a summer night. Two teenage kids doing what teenage kids do. When a stranger with a gun and a death wish changed everything. It was violent, it was senseless, and I will never understand it, I will never accept it. I'm Amy Donaldson, and unfortunately, we're all too familiar with stories about how violence shatters lives. But what we rarely see is how they are rebuilt. In a new podcast, The Letter, we relive tragedy, but only so we can hear the rest of the story. The struggle to reclaim lives, the realities of grief, and the possibilities of forgiveness. I believe in miracles. Sometimes I thought, there are no miracles. Yeah, there are, and this is a big one. Follow The Letter at theletterpodcast.com or wherever you get your podcasts. Let's get moving with Maria. Inspiration to spend a few minutes each day to get moving on the small things that can make a big difference in your life. Thank you for joining me today for Let's Get Moving. Today we want to talk about spring cleaning because it's been a super long winter and we are all just ready for a fresh start, some renewal. And with me today is Tracy McCubbin. She's an author and the founder of Declutterfly. And Tracy, thanks so much for being here today. Thanks for having me, Maria. I I know you guys are all ready for spring over there in Salt Lake, right? (laughs) We are so ready. So I want you to be philosophical for just a minute here and talk about how decluttering and spring cleaning really helps us mentally renew ourselves. Oh, this is this is my favorite topic. So um, the one thing I want to start with that, and this is really helpful for people to understand that decluttering, organizing, and cleaning are three separate tasks. So that there's the decluttering where we're letting go of the stuff that we don't want, need, or use. Then there's the organizing. Where does it live? Where do we put it back? The systems that we create. And then there's the actual cleaning, right? Baseboards, windows, the stuff that got super mucky over winter. Um, And I always feel like in this process, decluttering is the best place to start, especially with the change of seasons. Because what you can do is you can look back and go, okay, there's all this stuff that we didn't use, all this winter stuff that we didn't use last winter. So if we didn't use it last winter, we're going to not use it next winter. So I think using a change of seasons is a great way to kick off decluttering in addition to cleaning. Now, the other thing to know is that when you have less stuff, cleaning and organizing is easier, right? The more stuff you have, the more dust it accumulates, the more you have to decide what to do with it. So to me, the decluttering is always the first step of the process. Always. Let's get rid of what we don't need, donate it, you know, recycle what we can, and then we can go, all right, let's organize and then let's clean. So I think that, um, Really, you know, everybody asks me all the time, what's the best way to be organized? And I'm like, have less stuff. Right, for sure. (laughs) So I know that you've helped thousands of people declutter their homes. For many of us, it seems pretty overwhelming. So I'm going to ask you, where in the world do we start? Fantastic. So this is a funny 
this is the first step. And this is the one that people sort of look at me um, like, what? But the first step in your decluttering and getting organized journey is to figure out why. Why do you want to get decluttered? Why do you want to get organized? And I don't want your why to be like, oh, I'm a bad housekeeper. or I think I'm lazy. I don't want it to be a negative. I want it to be, I want to clean out my garage so I can park my car in it. I want to empty the guest room so my parents can come stay. When you have a positive outcome attached to why you're doing it, it keeps you motivated. So that's a great place to start. Why are you doing it? Not beating yourself up, but what are you going to gain? And a lot of times the clients that I work with, Maria, it's simply they just want more space. Like they just want some peace. They want, you know, clutter is loud. It fills your head. It's a constant to-do list. And so if you're managing your stuff and moving it all around, it takes a lot of time and energy. When you clear out the clutter, all of a sudden you have a little more peace and quiet. You have less stuff to deal with. So when you figure out your why, that's a great place to start. The next thing, and I came up with these challenges. I do them on social media, on Instagram and TikTok. Things you can declutter in under five minutes. They're such a great place for people to start. I mean, everything, I mean, I think at this point I have 50 of them up and everything from coffee cups to pens to single socks, you know, and it's a great place for people who are overwhelmed to start. I can do five minutes. I can do 10 minutes. And I keep getting messages from people that are like, I did all of them. And all of a sudden my whole house is done. So if you're in overwhelm, taking it in a bite-sized chunk is just it, it's going to do a couple of things. One, you're going to get it done. And two, you're going to be like, oh, this feels really good. Let me move on to the linen closet. Let me move on to the next one. So if it's hard for you, breaking it down into bite-sized pieces. I'll also say if decluttering is hard for you, oftentimes that's attached to you don't know what to do with the stuff you're letting go of. That's a big part for people, right? I don't want it to go in the landfill. I know someone can use it. So if you can do a little research ahead of time and find places to donate that speak to you. So for instance, like a lot of my clients are big animal lovers. So we take old sheets and blankets and we take them to the animal shelter. I My company works with a couple organizations that help kids who are aging out of the foster care system get into apartments. So for a lot of my clients are like, oh my gosh, you mean this chair will go to someone who will use it? If it's hard for you to let go, finding organizations that speak to your acts of service, make it easier to let go. And sometimes that's just a friend, you know, sometimes that's a young couple that is starting their first house, like knowing that someone's going to use what you're letting go of makes it easier. For me, that is huge because I don't want any more stuff going to the landfill. I just feel like our footprint has just been huge and we don't need to send this stuff to the landfill. But there is this part of, I don't think just me, but others of hanging on to stuff for more than just the fact that we don't know what to do with the stuff. Why is it so hard for us to let go of some things? Stuff comes to us with no meaning, right? It's just a picture. It's just a blouse. It's just a baseball. And we put all this meaning on it. That was the first baseball my kid ever played with. I wore that blouse on the first date when I met my partner. You know, we imbue all this meaning on stuff and then it gets a chokehold on us. So it's understanding that that meaning that you gave things, you gave it. So you can either take it away Or you can say, no, actually, this is really important to me. And this is something that I want to keep. You know, I said something to somebody the other day, 
and it like rocked their world because they're both of their parents had passed. And so their house was just full of all this furniture they didn't use and tchotchkes that weren't their style. And, you know, she just kept saying, well, that was my parents and that was my parents and that was my parents. Like, and I said, you know, if everything's special, nothing's special. Like if you have a house full of things that you crammed and deemed special, then you're actually sort of not respecting the stuff that is special. So understanding that we're sentimentally attached and that we created that sentimentality, that's the first step. Yeah, it's a really tough one. You're describing me specifically. (laughs) Uh, My husband and I have both lost our parents just recently in the last couple of years, and it's really difficult because it's almost like these were their lives. And even though some of the stuff doesn't have special meaning to us, it's still, you just don't, like I said, you don't want to take it to the landfill. You want to give it to someone who's going to make use of it, right? Right. And also to understand, Maria, and I'm so sorry for your loss. It's so hard, especially like one after the other, you just sort of, you're like taken out at the knees. But think about it this way. It's, you don't actually want the stuff. It's that you want to keep the connection to that person. So when you keep a bunch of it and it becomes a burden to you, you're sort of diminishing that connection. If you can keep a couple things that you love and when you look at them, you smile every day, then you're going to keep renew your connection. I had a client call me Um, she had to very quick, her father passed and she had to very quickly go back to where she was from and move her mom into senior living. It had to happen very fast. And there was a house full of furniture and she was just like, I don't have time to hire an estate sale company. And I got, you know, I have a job and kids and, you know, life. And she was like, but there's this house full of furniture that's all in great shape. And I don't want to like, what do I do? And I was, you know, we talked it through and I said, and and she was the one who mentioned, she was like, yeah, well, we have a family Facebook group because these are where all my cousins are. And I was like, well, throw it up there and see what happens. And a second cousin's daughter had just gotten married and they were moving to their first house and they came over with some friends in a U-Haul and took most of the furniture. And she, exactly what you said, she was like, to know that someone could use this and someone is appreciating it, then I could let go. Right. It wasn't just and it wasn't even just going to a thrift store. It was actually going to someone. So, you know, that's such a great a way, like put it out to your community, buy nothing groups, you know, finding a home for it. Because when you look at the stuff that people have left behind, it just I don't know, people have said it to me and I, I think it's very telling. It's like when they let go of the stuff, it's like it's losing the person all over again. Two years ago, Americans watched in horror as a crisis unfolded at the Kabul airport. There's desperation and anguish. More than 80,000 Afghans have since arrived in America. But this story is still unfolding. I'm Andrea Smartin. In my new podcast, Stranger Becomes Neighbor, we'll find out what happens to these new arrivals in our communities. Who would help our newest neighbors? Follow us at kslpodcast.com, Apple Podcasts, or anywhere else you listen. It's been really hard. And being the oldest of four children, uh, they each took what they wanted and kind of left me with the rest because they don't live <laughs> yes. in Salt Lake. And um, it's 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 really hard because it's emotional. So I can only go yeah. through certain amount of stuff at a time before I get yes. too sad or too overwhelmed with the whole prospect. But I truly do understand people who have someone come in and just have do that for them because then they don't have that emotional loss over and over again. So I get that. But at the same time, I go, but 
these were my parents and these things were important to them. And then I get all caught up in that whole, that whole yeah, it's, scene. It's, um, well, I'm going to send you when we get off, I want to send you my book, my first book, Making Space Clutter Free, because there's a whole section about decluttering after someone has passed. So I'm going to send you a Oh, that is so kind. Will, and I hope our will, listeners will take advantage of that as well. <laughs> Yeah. If someone's struggling with that, there's a whole section about a decluttering after someone's past or after a divorce. And it's really helpful. And it is funny how the lion's share of the work falls on the eldest daughter. Always, 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 always. I'm the eldest daughter. It's great to be the eldest. (laughs) And then sometimes it's not, right? Right. Yeah, exactly. But I think, you know, there is, um, there is something about the looking, going through the stuff and, you know, and reliving and, and helping the grieving process. But there's also something to remember, you know, I've heard, had so many clients say this where they're like, well, it must've been important to them because they kept it. And I was like, well, maybe they just kept it because they just kept it, right? Like it wasn't this big decision. So, um, you know, I'm a big fan. I work with a lot of people who will call me, you know, they hit their fifties and their sixties and like, Hey, I'm the only one who knows what all this stuff is. And if something happened to me, I don't want to leave a mess. And, you know, they're starting to give their things away. Um, ahead of them passing so they can see people enjoy it. We, I just got married a week and a half ago and my, congratulations! Uh, thank you. And my, my grandparents-in-law, my sister-in-law's parents, so they're sort of adopted grandparents. Um, they gave me a beautiful vase that had been her grandmother's and it's very much my style. And she, you know, and grandma Susie was like, look, I just had this up in a cupboard and I know it matches your house and I know you would love it. And it's a glass I happened to collect, which she didn't even know. And it was so joyful for her to pass it on and to know that I would enjoy it and like become the steward of this thing that I loved. So if you're feeling like, I don't know if I need this anymore, maybe I want to let some of this jewelry go, or maybe I want to let some of these family heirlooms, like to watch someone enjoy it is going to give you so much more than them getting it after the will's being read, because you're not going to be able to enjoy that. Right. No doubt about that. So I want to take you back because really the goal of this podcast is give people just those few things that they can do in a few minutes in their life. That's really going to change their life. And I really think that that's how we started. So you, where is the best place to start? You said pick one place or pick something that you can do in five minutes. Is there usually a place that people should start? Um, is it their, their stocking drawer? You know, I think pay attention just what, as you go through your day, pay attention to where the log jam happens. That's the thing. Like, is it the entryway? You know, winter's just finished and, you know, are there, is it clogged with coats and shoes that don't, people don't fit into anymore? Is the kitchen the log jam? There will sort of be one area in your house where you're like, everything gets bottlenecked here. And that's always a great place to start. And if, and if I had, you know, decluttering and if it's difficult for you, don't start with the super hard stuff. Don't start with the photos. Don't start with the letters. Start with the coats that the kids have outgrown or, you know, the shoes that you're not going to wear anymore. Start with something easy emotionally for you and then it's going to snowball and, and you're going to kind of build your decluttering muscle and then be able to tackle the harder things. You have done this for so many people. I mentioned already thousands of people. And what is the biggest thing that you hear after they've gone through this process? Give us that reason for truly starting today. It's just this, like, I can breathe in my own house. 
I can, you know, my shoulders dropped. I come home. I'm happy to be in my house. I didn't want to come home. I felt so stressed. Like I can manage my stuff. I feel comfortable and at peace in my own home. What causes that stress? I mean, we think, oh, we have, I mean, I'm so busy. I'm surprised I even notice some of the clutter sometimes, but but yeah, how does (laughs) that add to the stress? Because it, there's something about clutter. They have done, they, you know, the scientists out there have done so many studies and there is an increase in cortisol, especially for women. Our brains can only manage so much. And if you think about your clutter as it's like every piece of clutter is something you have to manage. Where does it live? Do I want to keep it? Where do I put it? It's just, you're putting yourself in this constant decision-making and it increases your stress. Think about when you travel, right? You go with a suitcase. That's all you think about, you know, but you come home and you have, you know, this is a famous George Carlin bit, but you come home to all this stuff and it's like, you have to manage it. And it's one more thing on your to-do list. So less stuff is less stress. Do we all do this? Every one of us. <laughs> Every not, one of us. I'm this not is the why only I have a one that has all this no, stuff. No, 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 no. Every single one of us. Every single one of us. <laughs> so anything that you'd like to leave our listeners with? Yes. So here's a little switch and I um, that people can do starting today. And it's a language switch. And this is, um, you know, one of the things when we talk about getting organized, you're going to go into the spring cleaning. You're going to be like, I need new bins. I need new, I need to buy all this new stuff. I need, I need, I need. Stop saying I need and start saying I want. When you identify purchases as a want instead of a need, it loses its power and you're less likely to buy it. And the buying is what leads to the clutter. Thank you. I want to tell our listeners, you're the author of Making Space Clutter-Free, the last book on decluttering that you will ever read. Do you have other books as well? I do. I have a second book called Make Space for Happiness, which is all about why we shop and how our shopping leads to our clutter. And I want to make sure people know how to get a hold of you. Great. Tracy McCubbin, M-C-C-U-B-B-I-N.com. And on Instagram, I'm at Tracy underscore McCubbin. And that's where I put all those five-minute challenges. I do about two to three of them a week. So it's a great place to get started. All right. Tracy, thank you so much for joining us today. Thanks, Maria. Two years ago, Americans watched in horror as a crisis unfolded at the Kabul airport. There's desperation and anguish. More than 80,000 Afghans have since arrived in America. But this story is still unfolding. I'm Andrea Smartin. In my new podcast, Stranger Becomes Neighbor, we'll find out what happens to these new arrivals in our communities. Who would help our newest neighbors? Follow us at kslpodcast.com, Apple Podcasts, or anywhere else you listen.